Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. I mean, really love the Word of God. Really appreciate the Word of God. Really are thankful for the Word of God. And the Word of God means something to you. I mean, really means something to you. And your heart is just so open and receptive to it tonight. Is your heart open to the Word of God tonight? Our young people, you may be dismissed at this time. Are you really receptive to the Word of God tonight? I mean, is tonight going to be just like every other night in your life, or is tonight going to be different? Are you going to receive something from the Word of God tonight? Have you come ready to receive something? Have you come expecting to receive something? Is your heart open to the Word of God tonight? Hallelujah. And I mean, you're really going to open up yourself to receive from His Word because you love Him so much and you know that there's a whole lot more to know. There's a whole lot more to learn. There's a whole lot more to receive. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I want to grow in God. What about you? I want to grow into things of God. I want to develop into things of God. I want to rise to higher heights in the things of God. What about you? I don't want to become stagnant. I don't want to stay where I'm at. Thank God I want to have a greater and deeper reality with my God. What about you tonight? Hold your Bible up to heaven and just say, Thank you, Father, for the Word. It's life to me. Health to all my flesh. And I thank you that I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. For it is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I will walk as a doer of the Word. I will be quickened by Your Spirit according to the Word. I will be changed from glory to glory. And I won't be the same. I set myself to receive from Your Word. I expect to receive. I will receive. And I will grow in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, thank Him for the Word for a moment. Glory to God. Thank God for the Word. Thank God for the Word. I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, to the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1 and verse 11. God is working a work in the earth today. He has a plan and He has a program that we as individuals are to pursue. You know, you can be a student of the Bible, you can study the Word of God and not really flow with the program of God and not really move with the program of God in the earth. You can be detached from what God is doing in the earth. You can be a Christian, you can attend church, but really not be involved with what God is doing. For example... There was a time when there was the healing movement, a tremendous outpouring of God's Spirit upon humanity. And yet many didn't flow with it. Many didn't even know what was going on. Many didn't even walk in it. Some people turned their backs and walked away from it. But still, God was moving in the earth. God was working a work in the earth. Go way back to the early 1900s and you have the Pentecostal movement. The outpouring of God's Spirit in a tremendous way. The Azusa Street Revival, a great work of God, a tremendous work of God. Yet you had a lot of people that had no idea what God was doing in the earth. As a matter of fact, they thought if they heard anything about it, that some people were just crazy going off the deep end. And didn't flow with God. Now, they still went to church and still studied their Bible. You know, change isn't easy. I know this, God doesn't change. If anybody has to change, it has to be us. We have to change. And if we want to get hooked up with God, then I guess we're just going to have to be committed to change. Are you committed to change? Praise God, you better be, because if not, you're going to remain the same for the rest of your Christian days. We all have to learn to change and flow with God. you believe that? Now, His Word is unchanging. He is unchanging. But we've got to change so that we can better line up with what He is doing in the earth. Now, this is Healing Week, and we're going to to uh, discuss some things about the healing scriptures and all that and, and 
our objective is to produce faith in the hearts of people, get them prepared for the Healing Sunday that's coming this Sunday. We want to do that. But also I want to remind you or keep you mindful of the fact that God is working in the earth in a certain way and we have got to flow with that. Every one of us needs to flow with His plan for our lives. We have to move in line with what He is doing. Now, not take it to an extreme, but just be aware of it and then take part in it. And I believe this really is what God is doing right here. This one verse of Scripture, I believe, spells out exactly what God is doing in the earth today. In 2 Thessalonians, in chapter 1, in verse 11. Wherefore also we pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith with power. That the name, notice, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in Him. Boy, I'll tell you what, if you ever got that verse right there fulfilled in your life, you'd be a dynamic force for God on this earth. Did you see that? That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in Him. According to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in verse 11, you'll notice the latter part of the verse talks about God fulfilling in us the good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith with power. Faith with power. At this time, God is moving by His Spirit in the earth to bring together two tremendous moves of His Spirit in times past. And that is the work of faith, the word movement, and with power, the work of power. That is the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need to be aware of that. We can't get to where we're just looking to the Word in a dry sense, so to speak, saying that, well, you know, I just believe in the Word and that's all there is to it, without the anointing and without the power of God in manifestation. You'll end up living by the letter of the law and not the spirit thereof. And there will not be reality. We may be well educated, well informed, and know certain scriptures and scriptural truths, but we want those truths to become living realities within our lives, don't we? And the only way they can become alive in us is by the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe that God wants people in the earth to become more serious and more seriously involved with the power of the Holy Ghost. And that is the emphasis right now. The Spirit of God moving upon our hearts, taking that Word that we know and quickening it and making it alive in our lives. Making it a living reality in our lives. I believe we should all want that, don't you? Every single one of us should want to walk in reality with God. Well, healing should be a reality to all of us. And healing is the work of faith with power. I want to say that again. Healing, receiving healing, receiving from the Lord in any area really is a work of faith with power. In other words, there are two areas of development that every single one of us should be diligently developing in our lives. That is the area of faith and that is the area of power. Can you see how, if you've been brought up in the faith movement, so to speak, that there would be the tendency to just want to live by faith and kind of ignore the outpouring or the mighty working of the Spirit of God like way back in the days of Pentecost? Because, you see, back in those days in the Pentecostal movement in the early 1900s, people had the emphasis on the move of the Spirit, on the gifts of the Spirit. And then when that began to wane, they didn't understand how to live by faith. And so then there was the faith movement where God began to teach the people of God that it's not just power alone, it takes faith. And then I believe we got so far in the faith movement that people thought it's just faith now and we don't have to really focus in on what God is doing by His Spirit. And nothing could be further from the truth. As I said earlier, 
God has to put up with all of us. You try to tell somebody who lived way back when, when they enjoy the, the outpouring of the Spirit and things happened a certain way, to live by faith, and they look at you like, what are you talking about? This is the way it is. I've had them tell me. It was like this. When we came to church, we waited for the Holy Ghost to move. And when the Holy Ghost moved, people were instantly healed. And that's how we knew that God wanted to heal somebody. They were instantly healed right there in front of us, just like that. And you try to tell them that faith can do the same thing, or that just because somebody wasn't instantly healed, their faith can work with that power, and they can consummate that healing in their lives. They just look at you like, where are you coming from? A different school of thought. I'll tell you what, God has to put up with all of us. See, they were living what God was doing at that time. But there was more that God wanted to teach them. It's just that we, we all get this way. We hear so much, we learn so much, and that's about where we want to stay. We're comfortable there because that's what we know. But God wasn't done. He wasn't done teaching His people. And I'll tell you what, it's hard for Him to get through this cement we have up here. Thoroughly mixed, well set. Thoughts in our minds, right? So he begins to teach faith through certain individuals and people get hooked up with that. And like I said, if they get so far in that and ignore the move of the Spirit, then what happens is we have faith all right, but we're shutting the Spirit of God out. And without the Spirit of God, there's not going to be reality. Because you see, it's the Spirit of God that quickens the Word and makes it alive within us. And there's a whole lot more to know about the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you. But I know that there's a whole lot more to know about the Holy Ghost and His involvement in our lives. Especially in the area of healing. But since we're talking about healing, preparing people for Healing Sunday, this Sunday, healing is the work of faith with power. That's what it is. That's what, it's, that's what it involves. It's the work of faith with power. Working together to bring deliverance, to bring healing, to bring soundness of mind, whatever it is that people need in their lives. It's the work of faith with power. I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, to Luke's Gospel, chapter 4. I can't think of another person that had more faith than Jesus. Can you? If you find somebody, please let me know. Jesus walked in pure faith. I mean, he had the, the, the uh, law of faith down perfectly. He knew how to speak uh, even to the wind. He could speak to the waves of the sea. He could speak to a tree and it would obey. He would use words and cast out devils. He would use words that would cause bodies to be healed and whole. He can use words that would raise the dead. But you see, all that he did in his ministry was not just faith alone. Because the words he spoke were brought into reality by the power of the Holy Ghost. You go on back to the very beginning and you find out that the Holy Ghost was hovering over the face of the deep. In other words, the deep waters of the earth, the Holy Ghost was already moving upon the earth. Then God said, and there was. And God said, and there was. Who made what God said a reality? The Spirit of God. Didn't He? Yes, He did. See, we've got to be mindful of that. The Holy Ghost has been sent to us to help us, to enlighten us, to instruct us, and also to make realities in our lives. The Word of God needs to be a reality. And for it to become that, we must know the Holy Ghost. And we must know what He does in the earth and what He is doing in the earth and His involvement in our lives. In Luke 4.14, you will notice Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. Luke 4.14, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee and there went out a fame of Him through all the region round about and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. 
Now notice Jesus returned from his temptation in the wilderness and he went into Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Now Jesus, the Son of God without sin, operated in faith as he was empowered by the Spirit of God. And see, we have to be mindful of that. That's how he operated. That's how he worked the works of the Father in the earth. As he spoke the word, empowered by the Spirit, he got results. He began doing the work of the Father and was glorified of all. And then in verse 16 it says, He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for, for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah or Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I want you to note that when this took place, when the Holy Ghost fell upon him, that was the work of faith with power right there personified. In other words, in the person of Jesus Christ, we have a witness to the work of faith with power. Can you say amen? I mean, there it is right there. He was the living example of the work of faith with power. He had the Holy Ghost without measure, empowered from above. He walked in the perfect law of faith. And everywhere he went, he was divinely led by the Spirit. And the reason why he was so successful was because he didn't step out and do or say anything he was not divinely instructed to do or say. He was that in tune with the Holy Ghost. He was that sensitive to the power of the Spirit. He didn't just do things to do things. He did things as he was inspired by the Spirit. Well, he's anointed to preach. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He was having success. People were being delivered and set free. The power of God was in manifestation. His fame spread abroad. The people knew who he was. They knew what was happening. And they were excited. And they were thrilled. And it was building and building and building. But now all of a sudden, he comes to Nazareth, his own hometown, and he delivers the same message that produced dynamic results in other places. Right? Isn't he there in Nazareth? Now hold your place there. Go to Mark chapter 6, if you would, please. Mark 6. And let's begin reading. Well, let's start with verse 1. And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works, everybody say mighty works, are wrought by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there in Nazareth do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Now notice something hinders the effectiveness 
of the ministry. Everywhere a fame is spread abroad. This man is having tremendous success. Glorious things are happening. People are being healed. People are delivered. People are set free. He comes into his own hometown, delivers the same message to these people. And all of a sudden, he can there do no mighty work. He did mighty works everywhere else. But there it says he could. Look at verse 5 again. And he could there do no mighty work, save or accept that he laid his hands upon a few sick, as one translation says, a few with minor ailments, a few sick or sickly folk with minor ailments, and he healed them. Now, why could he there do no mighty work? What hindered the power of God in Nazareth? And it says right here in verse 6, And he marveled because of their unbelief. Unbelief hindered the mighty work of God. Now, we can view it different ways. Either they went there embalmed with doubt and unbelief, or the unbelief kept them even from going to see Him. But whatever way you look at it, we understand that unbelief hinders the power of God. Unbelief has a negative effect upon the work of God. Doubt, unbelief can destroy what God wants to accomplish and achieve in people's lives. And beloved, we are not exempt. If we want to be successful in this life, we must develop in these areas of faith and power. It's essential to all of our lives. If we need, or if we want to be successful, we need to develop in these areas. This is how we experience reality. This is the way God manifests Himself in our lives. This is the way He meets our needs. Beloved, it's the way He saved our soul. You ever trying to get somebody saved who doesn't believe in Jesus? Think about that for a while. You've got all that you need to get that person saved, but plowing up against a stump because they say, well, I don't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Well, you've got a lot of work cut out for you, don't you? Come on. Amen. And no matter how hard you try and no matter how much you believe until you get through to that person, get past the doubt and unbelief and begin to really reveal Jesus and who He is to them, that person will never be saved. Now, beloved, this may sound strong, but I'll tell you what, it's absolutely true. We may think how awful it is that somebody could be out there who doesn't believe in Jesus. But you know what? How much, just how much do we really believe in our hearts about the Word and the Spirit? How much doubt do we still allow to linger when it comes to the power and authority of the Word and the working of the Spirit of the living God. That your faith should not stand in man's wisdom, but in the power of the living God. I believe that God is attempting to demonstrate and display His power so that we can rise up, beloved, in faith believing in this power of the living God like never before. God wants to help us. He wants to help our unbelief. I believe that. How do you know, you say? Look at the next verse. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages, teaching. Everybody say, teaching. How are we going to cure unbelief? How are we going to cure People not knowing the Spirit and how He moves and how He works and the power of God. How? Teaching. Can you see that? We've got to be taught. We have to teach. And you know what, beloved? It depends 
on our attitude of heart toward these things. We can be well content with where we are at in God right now. But we're never going to rise above any level of faith other than where we're at right now. But I'll tell you what, if you want to know more, if you want to have more, if you want to experience more in your life, you've got to cry out of the depth of your being and say, Teach me, Lord. God is pouring out His Spirit in these days of the latter rain. The power of God is being manifested where people long for it and desire to have it. But you know what? That power can be dangerous. You say, how can the power of God be dangerous? If we don't know how to channel it, if we don't know how to use it, if we don't know how to apply it and cooperate with the power of God, it can be dangerous. People will walk off to the, into the deep end. I mean, people will get off the main stream and they'll get into the side of the road and the ditch on one side and enter into extremism and wildfire. And many will. No matter when God moved or how God moved, you can rest assured of this truth. There are those that fell in the ditch on the left and there are those that fell in the ditch on the right. To those that were conservative, I don't want to have anything to do with that because it's not the norm. To the extremist, I used to say this about Raymond people when I first went to church down there. If you got a pin and dropped it on the floor, there would be a wild party in the sanctuary. Why? Because the pin hit the floor. In other words, they'll jump at anything. They'll go berserk over anything. And in most cases, many wouldn't even take the time to look in the Word of God to find out if it was true or not. They would just go bananas over whatever. I'm kind of, I just have to sit back and watch and observe for a while and make sure it's in the Word of God. I don't know about you, where you're at. I just want to get a hold of the Word of God and make sure that it's sound doctrine. What about you? And you know what? If I know that it is and I'm going to walk in the light of that, I'm all for it. Praise God. Let's, let's get involved with what God is doing in the earth. And God wants us to be that way. He wants us to prove all things. Amen? No matter what they are. So He had to go around teaching people why? So they could learn to receive. And beloved, if people needed to be taught then, then people need to be taught now. We need to be taught. We need to know the Word of God. We need to know the Holy Ghost. We need to know the move of the Spirit. We need to know where we're at in God right now and where God is at in moving in the earth. The signs of the times are before us and we know we're living in the last days right now. What is God doing? He is attempting right now to bring together two of the most powerful moves of the Spirit of God in the earth. And that is the move of the Word and a move of the Spirit. Faith with power coming together. A dynamic force for God. A dynamic working of God in the earth that many of us believe will usher in the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are too many out there, beloved, that are wishy-washy with God right now. And judgment is taking place in the house of God. There are too many out there that think they can just get by with everything that they do, living on the fence, so to speak, and it doesn't matter what they think, doesn't matter how they believe. I'm going to tell you something, the power of God will be in such demonstration that people are going to have to get all the way in or all the way out and forget about being lukewarm. It's out there for us. It belongs to us. We can have it. But, beloved, it takes cooperation. We have got to cooperate with God. We've got to set aside petty differences. We've got to stop playing right into the enemy's hands and getting so upset and offended because somebody did something or somebody said something or somebody didn't say something. Man, I've had people tell me on occasion, if you didn't shake my hand tonight, I would have left the church. I'm telling off now, aren't I? My goodness, that was three minutes before a church service was about to start. And I had a thousand and one things on my mind, but thank God I did. <laughs> How many of you know that I couldn't do that before a service, take everybody's hand in this place before a service starts? How many of you know I'm not supposed to be thinking about that? Come on, say amen at least, a few of you. I'm supposed to be thinking about what God wants me to do. What about you? 
to be frank about it, you're supposed to be thinking about what God wants you to do. And not about greeting somebody else until maybe afterward or before you get in the sanctuary. When you walk in the sanctuary, you're supposed to just get hooked up with God. And start focusing in on Him. Start finding out what He wants you to do. Well, He wants me to listen to you. Is that all you came is to listen to me? You better have come to listen to Him. And you better have come to pray for me so that I can listen to Him so I know what to do to tell you. See how it works? Praise God. But the point is, leave the church because I didn't shake your hand before the service started? My goodness, where is commitment? Besides, are you committed to me or God? And if all you're committed to is, where if we get off on this? We're talking about healing. If you're committed to my personality, something is awful wrong with you. You're supposed to love Jesus. And you're here because He sent you here. You're here because you know you're going to receive the good Word of God in this place. You're going to be touched by the Spirit of God in this place. God is going to do a work in you, praise God, because you are here. And whatever it is that God would have you to do, God would have you to receive, God would have you to learn, God would have you to walk in. Once you get it all, He might thrust you out somewhere else and praise God, we've done our part. And you're out there going on, moving on with God, right? We're not supposed to be getting upset about who did this or who did that or who didn't do whatever. God wants to get us beyond the babyhood stage of Christianity. He wants us to rise up as spiritual, mature giants in Christ. To take our place so that we can be filled with God, full of faith and full of power, doing the work of God in the earth. Hallelujah. That's what God wants. And that's what we should want also. See, this is what He's going about doing. And beloved, we have got to be taught about the Word and taught about the Spirit in order to have that move of God and to flow with that move of God. And that's why we're having our Sunday night Holy Ghost meetings. I'm excited about those meetings. I get more excited about them every time I talk about them because I know that we're flowing in that direction for a reason. I know we're moving with God. And I know as a result, there are going to be those that are out there that are going to get a hold of more of what God wants them to have. They're going to have a greater manifestation of the Spirit in their lives. They're going to have a greater demonstration of the Spirit in their lives. And they're going to take their place and become a mighty force for God in the earth. God wants people to refire, beloved. Now notice here, He had to go and teach them. He went round about their villages teaching them. He wasn't discouraged. I'm sure He was disappointed, but He wasn't discouraged. He went about their villages teaching them. What do you think He taught them? He probably had to get a hold of him by the, you know, by the coat tail and say, Look, the Spirit, let me say it again, the Spirit of the Lord Jehovah is on me. Yeah, but we're looking for the Messiah. Let me shake you again. I am the Messiah. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, etc., etc. He began to teach them. He probably started way back, you know, with, with all the prophets and how they began to point the, them in the right direction. And he said, it all points to me. He had to teach them and show them that he was who he, who he said he is. And finally, many began to see, indeed, He has come. Remember the woman at the well? Oh, we're waiting for the Messiah. And when He comes, He's going to tell us, she, He's going to tell us where to worship God. He said, I am that speaking to you, am He? He probably said, I am. Can you imagine? She probably just jumped back about ten steps. You are? <laughs> Have you thought about that? That woman, she had how many husbands and the one she's living with right now, she's not even married to the fella and all that. She's living in sin and all this. She's talking to the Lord God that made heaven and earth. She had an audience with Him. That just thrilled my soul. What about yours? person like that, and there she is standing there talking to the great I Am. He had to go teach people. 
He had to instruct them. And when he did, he cured their unbelief. Now, I realize there are many that would not believe, but that, that, that is something he had no control over. Can you see that? There are always going to be those that you preach to that you get saved. And there will be those that you preach to that won't. There will be those that you preach to that will get healed. And there will be those that you preach to that won't. Why, you say? It depends on the individual. It depends on what's on the inside. Saint of God, do you have more room for God inside you? Come on now, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. I said, do you have more room for God inside you? Do you know what it means to say amen to that? It means I got to scratch away at the, some of the stuff that I want to keep inside me and say I'm tired of being like this and, and having less of God and so much of self. It's time for me to start pulling out some of those things that keep God out of my life and ridding myself of those things, that junk and all those weights that beset me and hold me back and make God small in my life and myself big in my life. It's time for me to say, I don't want any of that stuff any longer. I want God. I want more of God. I've got a heart hunger for God. I have a longing desire for God. I'm not going to fool around any longer with the things of God. I'm not going to toy with the things of God. I'm not going to be satisfied without having the pure, unadulterated Word of God as a living reality within my life, empowered by the Spirit of God. That's what it means. Are you there yet? That's what God is looking for. Are you there yet? Do you hunger enough for it? I get this word in my spirit right now, distractions. Distractions. Oh, the work of the enemy. Distractions. You know you're being distracted by so many different things that you don't even recognize. And sometimes I don't even recognize is coming from the enemy to prevent me from rising up in faith and power. This little thing, that incident, that episode over there, that mishap at work, some things in the family and all this, all those different things out there designed to do what? Distract us. And the Lord said to tell you, it's time to cast that care upon Him and move on. Cast it on the Lord. Do what the Bible said do. Cast it on the Lord and move on with God. Get too busy with God. You can't be bothered with all that. Put that on the Lord. Cast it on Him. He cares for you. He has a big picture and a big plan for your life. Great things. Great things. Go on. Did you go back to Luke 4 yet? Did I tell you that yet? Go on back to Luke 4. He had to teach them. Because they didn't understand certain truths. But as I said, he wasn't discouraged. He may have been disappointed, but he wasn't discouraged. And so he began to teach them. He knew they were like sheep without a shepherd. He had to teach them and instruct them. It was his way of dealing with the unbelief. It was the doorway, you see, into the supernatural. He could bring them in to the supernatural through that doorway if He could teach them properly the Word. And so He went about their villages and He taught them. But here in uh, Nazareth, of course, once again, we said they were embalmed with this doubt and unbelief and so He began to teach. And look, we have an indication of some things He began to teach. Verse 20. And He closed the book. This is Luke 4, verse 20. And he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Now, let's stop right there for a moment. Do you realize... There's a lot that Jesus said that's not recorded here. You realize that? Because they, they just marveled at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. He began to explain some things to these people. He began to teach them as it said over there in Mark. And they marveled at the gracious words that proceeded 
out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? Where does he get this wisdom? Where does he get this knowledge? Where does he get this revelation? How does he know all this? How does he do these mighty works? Isn't this Joseph's son? See, they couldn't get their eyes off the fact that he was a nobody. A local boy they saw grow up and all that. This is just Joseph's son. He's no match for who we are. We've been to school. We're the leaders. We're the rulers. Who is this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, You will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he begins to teach them about the power of God right here. Oh, listen carefully. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was, was throughout all the land, but unto none of them was Elias sent. You know, you can be a mighty prophet of God like Elijah, and you can be that container of the anointing of God to set people free, and there can be many widows around like there was, and only be sent to one. Hmm. Puzzling, isn't it? Only be sent to one. Save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And then he goes on to say, And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elizeus the prophet, or Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. There were many lepers. Many lepers. Beloved, did God want to keep His power away from these people? No. No, but to whom much is given, much is required. They had a means whereby to obtain faith. They had the Word of God. They had a covenant with God. They had a means whereby to touch God. And what God expected from them, if, he, if they wanted His power in manifestation, was what? Faith. Everybody say faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, we cannot receive from God, James says. God was looking for faith. Now, you let ready for it? And where there is faith, there will be power. We've got to have faith in the healing power of God in order to unleash that power in our lives. And that's why He said to them, you've got to have an understanding of these things. You have got to have faith, but you don't believe. And those that, should ex that God expects to believe, better believe, or they're not going to have results with God. God is moving upon our hearts and saying, look, I want you to rise up in your faith and belief for the power to be in operation and demonstration. We're close by, so let's read it right here. Look at Luke 5 and verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Everybody say them. Yeah. I love the mercy of God. I love the goodness of God. Even though they were leaders, even though they were rulers, no matter who they were, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I want you to know that God is not the problem. I want you to know that God's heart is, is poured out upon humanity. God wants to help everyone. God wants to save everyone. God wants to heal everyone. God wants to deliver everyone. God wants to make everybody whole. And the power of the Lord was present there to heal them, whoever came. I like that about God, don't you? 
He's our Son and Shield who gives us grace and glory. He doesn't withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly. See, He is trying to get a hold of our attention. And He's saying, look, walk uprightly by faith. My power is present to be demonstrated in your lives, but you've got to walk by faith. You've got to tap into it by faith. If you want to unleash a greater manifestation of my power, use your faith to do so. Well, them didn't get healed. Did them? No, they didn't get healed. As we read on, behold, men brought in a in a bed, a man which was taken with the palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with, with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, I want you to see something here that is absolutely essential. And, and, and this is a foundation And it should be a foundation for everybody getting involved in Sunday's healing service. Brother John's going to be ministering. The power of God is going to be here. And people of God, you have a responsibility. Are you ready for this one? You've got a responsibility. When he saw, it doesn't say his faith, he saw their faith. Corporate anointing. Based on corporate faith. Are you ready to get somebody's bed? Are you ready to grab a hold of somebody's couch, somebody's cot, somebody's bed? I'm not talking literally now. I'm talking spiritually now. Are you ready to take hold of with somebody who might be sick and grab a hold of their cot and help carry them in to this healing Sunday service so they can get well? Are you ready to unite your faith with their faith so that together there can be corporate faith so the anointing of God will flow in a greater way and the corporate healing anointing will be in manifestation in this place? I'm going to preach myself right out of vacation. (laughs) Glory to God, I want to be here. Hallelujah. Do you see what I'm talking about? Corporate faith. See, it's the work of faith with power. Well, where are you going? Going to healing service. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'm just going to mosey on and sit back and watch and see what's going on. Maybe God's going to do something. No, 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 no. I'm going to carry somebody's bed. I'm going to take them by the hand. I'm going to grab a hold of somebody. I'm going to hook up with their faith. And I'm going to believe God Amen. with them. Amen. To see the lame to walk, the blind to see, and the deaf to hear. I'm taking hold with their faith, praise God. I'm going to pray that their faith fail not. And I, I'm going to look to God for power. You know, that's the best thing that you can do to stay well. Did you know that? It's the best thing that you and I can do to stay well is to help somebody else get healed. The Bible says when you fast and pray for somebody else to be made well, you know, the Bible says that your health shall spring forth speedily. Wow. Well, we like that quick stuff in America, don't we? Well, your health shall spring forth how? Speedily. When? When you lay down your life for somebody else. Glory to God. No, them didn't get healed. But when they saw, when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And you know the story there. They got upset because he said, your sins are forgiven. Go to verse 23. Whether it's easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power. And that word power there is authority. Authority upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God. And were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things. I'm ready for some strange things. You ready for some strange things? So what are you going to go to church for? See some strange things. What? What kind of church do you go to? Church of Bleeds in strange things. 
But you, I want you to notice that the healing of his body was an outward manifestation of the fact that he had authority to forgive sins. And so he dealt with the sin problem and the man was made whole. Well, we're, we're getting close here to running out of time. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to jump over to James chapter 5, if you would, please. But just, just hold those thoughts in your mind. I want to read this to you from the Amplified Bible. You have a part to play when it comes to healing services or any kind of a service. You can hook up with faith and somebody else's faith and create a greater demonstration or manifestation of the power of God, a greater display of the power of God in operation because of people who come spiritually intelligent, knowing what they are doing, doing what God wants them to do. Do you think you don't have a part to play in this? I'll tell you what, musicians also, hear me carefully. You come to play your musical instruments and praise you come to sing. But that doesn't exempt you from coming in faith, believing for people to be saved, healed, delivered, and set free. And you know what? Are you ready for this? When you do, you'll have a greater anointing upon your ministry. Praise God. And that's the same with everybody. Same with the ushers. It's the same with uh, everybody that walks in this place. Brother Louie back there. Brother Keith back there. And Brother Romney's back there. They're supposed to come in. And I know that they've got a lot to do back there with all those things. But that doesn't exempt them from saying, I'm going, praise God, because I'm hooking up with faith. I'm going to watch somebody be delivered and saved, healed, set free by the power of God today. And that's why I'm going. See, if you just think, I'm just going to run that thing back there, you're going to get lost. If you think you're just coming to play that instrument over here, you're going to be out of tune with God. No pun intended. Out of harmony with what God is doing. But when you come in and you say, I'm ablaze with the Spirit. I am on fire. I have come to watch a display, a mighty move of strange happenings from my God. And I get to play the instrument too. And I get to sing too. And I get to usher too. And I get to sit out there and worship God also. You see the difference? It's a work of faith with power. The two coming together. There'll be more power when there's more faith. There'll be more faith when the people are taught. And when the people are taught, they're going to line up, hook up, connect with God, and there'll be a greater corporate anointing in this place, praise God, that will promote the strange happenings of God. Explosions of God's almightiness in this place. Hallelujah. James chapter 5. You found it yet? Give me a minute. You know the verse. 14. Is any sick among you? Is any sick among you? Is any sick among you? Back up a little bit. Verse 13. Is any among you afflicted, ill-treated, suffering evil? He should cry every night. He should complain to his neighbor. Call his best friend and talk about it on the phone. No, he should what? Pray. He should pray. I mean, God wants you to know how to pray. Are you suffering evil right now? He said, you should pray. Everybody say, I should pray. Now, you know what to do whenever you get ill-treated. Are you ill-treated? Were you ill-treated today? Did you pray? Come on, were you ill-treated today? You know, the more you get ill-treated, if you don't pray, it opens up the door to the devil. What do you mean pray? Well, if you were ill-treated, the Bible says, pray for those that, dis- that use you and despitefully abuse you and persecute you and speak evil of you. You are to what? Pray. Father, I pray for that individual in Jesus' name. I cast the devil out of that person in Jesus' name. I put up a wall of defense by the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name and I'll not be overcome. I'll not be destroyed by what they say. I believe God's best in their lives. Hallelujah. Speak well. That'll help you. God didn't put that in there to destroy us, but to help us. Okay, let's read on. Verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? And a better or most perfect translation in the Greek is anybody beyond the ability to do anything for himself? It's not talking about a cold. It's not talking about a headache. It's talking about is anybody beyond helping himself? 
Are you so sickly that you cannot even grunt? Are you that bad? Well, then call for the elders of the church. And now listen. Said right here. Call for the spiritual guides. And they should pray over him, anointing him with oil. Now notice these two things. Pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord's name. And the prayer that is of faith. Beloved, don't you call somebody that's not going to pray the prayer of faith over you. You want somebody to pray for you? You want the prayer of faith over you. Pray. And the prayer of faith shall save him that is sick. Now notice, the oil is symbolic of what? The Holy Ghost. It's the work of faith with power. The two coming together. The oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit and the prayer of faith symbolizes I believe in the Word of God. The work of faith with power coming together and it says, and the Lord will, and the Lord will raise him up and they should anoint him with oil and pray him with oil and the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, that is, they'll save the sick. And the Lord will restore him or raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your faults one to another. Your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored. Did you hear that? We can't just go into it. Without knowing what the Word of God says, there has got to be harmony with individuals. No bitterness in the heart. Sin will prevent the power from healing bodies and making people whole. And that's why He said, confess your faults, your slips, whatever it is, your wrongdoings, your offenses. Why? So that you may be healed to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. For the earnest, listen carefully, when all is well with your soul, when you're not at awe with anybody, your heart is pure, you're walking in holiness, you're not walking in anything that is contrary to the will of God for your life, you're pure inside your heart. Listen, 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 saints of God, listen. Because when you come in Sunday, I'm telling you, some strange things are going to happen. Some things are going to take place because everybody caught the glimpse of what the Word says about how to have a greater move of God, a greater power of God, a greater anointing of God among them. Listen, when people say, hey, you know what? I, I, I said something to you last week and I didn't mean to say that. Forgive me, my brother. I've done that. I did that just recently. Just yesterday at the meeting I was talking. I was trying to... Give me a minute. Have you got a minute? I was talking to some... I'm, have you ever been away when you've got... One, two, three, four, five kids... Two of mine, two of theirs, and Carly. Two, 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 three. Three of mine and two of theirs. Five. Okay? But you've got these four boys. The meeting's letting out. There's thousands of people running in every direction. One wants to know where they're going to go eat. You have your kids ever, who needs money to go? Where, where, where are we going to eat? I need money. We want to go there. We want this. And Chris is over there with the baby. And the others are saying... And I was pulling you here. And have you ever been there before? And so someone's standing there. Chris is talking to somebody, trying to tell me something. And I'm just looking. I was just like in another world. Just standing there staring. I didn't know who to answer first, second, third, last. I couldn't move. And you know, Chris is so sweet because she always reminds me, honey, you, you, sh you should have said something or you should have... She was talking directly to you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, 
you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.